Good morning, I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. It's good to have you with us here today for the Congregation of Prayer, a guide for daily meditation and prayer around God's Word. It's Monday, January 30th, 2022. And for our prayer today, we will return to the book of Genesis and our continuous readings there. Uh, let's see, any other notes before we begin? Probably not. Uh, we got a little glare coming in from outside. It's one of those kinds of mornings, right? Uh, sunny but cold, as Gus and Eileen have said in the chat. And they are correct. Let's try this. Hold on one moment. That's a little better. Okay, we'll leave it there. Let's begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. I have a new memory verse for this week. I say it after, or say it with me. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Psalm 51, verses 1 through 2. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your, this word, loving kindness. You've heard probably many a pastor over your years give you this Hebrew word. You don't have to know a lot of Hebrew terms to really get the idea, but this is a technical term. Ah, technical, but it's one that's not easily translate, translated into English. If I were going to uh, change it, I would do it like this. Steadfast, loving kindness, right? Um, which is chesed in Hebrew. It has that little bit of a guttural at the beginning, chesed. Steadfast, loving kindness, right? Uh, what a lovely word. And uh, loving kindness does, does a pretty fair job of it. So we'll just keep that. So, but it is a characteristic of God, um, one that I suppose is a little un, hard to believe, especially when experience doesn't um, always bear witness, at least not in, in the kind of timeline that we would like it to. All right, we talked about that in Bible study on Sunday from Ezekiel 12. Um, and we're going to hear it again in the psalm. What do we do when we doubt our Lord's um, mercy? when we wonder if he has forgotten us. We return to the things that he has accomplished already for us, perhaps, in our baptism, but certainly in the, in the history of God's people. For example, the deliverance from slavery and bondage in Egypt into the Promised Land through the Red Sea, um, walking through on dry ground. Right? And you'll hear that in the psalm. Speaking of, let's pray the psalm. Psalm 77, beginning in verse 9. Uh, it's missing part of... The uh, Gloria Patri. Well, okay. So we say it together. Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he in anger shut up his compassions or his compassion? Then I said, I will appeal to this, to the years of the right hand of the Lord Most High. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wondrous works of old, or your wonders of old. I will ponder all your work. I will meditate on your mighty deeds. Your way, O God, is holy. What God is great like our God? You are the God who works wonders. You have made known 
your might among the peoples. You, with your arm, redeemed your people, the children of Jacob and Joseph. When the waters saw you, O God, when the waters saw you, they were afraid. Indeed, the deep trembled. The clouds poured out water. The skies gave forth thunder. Your arrows flashed on every side. The crash of your thunder was in the whirlwind. Your lightnings lighted up the world. The earth trembled and shook. Your way was through the sea, your path through the great waters. Yet your footprints were unseen. You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. All right, so for example, here it gives us the Exodus. And uh, you'll note here this portion of the psalm was the antiphon for yesterday. The crash, or excuse me, your lightings lighted up the world, the earth trembled and shook. Um, and so there was a connection being made by those uh, who have appointed our elections um, between uh, Moses and the Exodus, the Red Sea, and then Jesus' transfiguration. Uh, maybe you don't know this, but uh, the conversation that Moses and Elijah have with Jesus or Jesus with them. According to Luke's gospel, we heard from Matthew yesterday, from Luke's gospel, it's uh, it's about his departure, is how it's usually translated in English. But it's literally, in Greek, his exodus, his exodos. So, um, to make that connection between Jesus, the Mount of Transfiguration, the Mount of Sinai, um, the deliverance of, of people from slavery and bondage into the Promised Land, which, of course, Jesus is embarking to do from the Mount until his cross at Golgotha, as you heard in the sermon. And, well, there, there's meant to be all sorts of parallels there. Um, they're written into the scriptures, and they're rightly confessed by us. Jesus is um, the one who exoduses us from sin, death, and devil into what? Holiness, life, um, and eternity. Our catechism this week is um, the article on confession. What is confession? Confession has two parts. First, that we confess our sins, and second, that we receive absolution, that is, forgiveness from the pastor as from God himself, not doubting but firmly believing that by it our sins are forgiven before God in heaven. What sins should we confess? Before God, we should plead guilty of all sins, even those we're not aware of, as we do in the Lord's Prayer. But before the pastor, we should confess only those sins which we know and feel in our hearts. Which are these? Consider your place in life according to the Ten Commandments. Are you a father, mother, son, daughter, husband, wife, or worker? Have you been disobedient, unfaithful, or lazy? Have you been hot-tempered, rude, or quarrelsome? Have you hurt someone by your words or deeds? Have you stolen, been negligent, wasted anything, or done any harm? And I have uh, one of our catechumens uh, who likes to respond after that, yes. He doesn't necessarily pick out one in particular, but he does He does recognize that uh, Luther's even brief treatment here of the Ten Commandments in, related, in relation to our uh, confession of sin um, is indicting, always. All right. Our first reading is a continuation from John's Gospel. We've been doing continuous readings through the Gospel here. Um, chapter 7, beginning verse 37. Remember, he's at the Feast of the Passover. On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive. 
for the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Therefore many from the crowd, when they heard this saying, said, Truly, this is the prophet. Others said, This is the Christ. But some said, Will the Christ come out of Galilee? Has not the scripture said that the Christ comes from the seed of David and from the town of Bethlehem, where David was? So there was division among the people because of him. Now some of them wanted to take him, but no one laid hands on him. Then the officers came to the chief priests and Pharisees, who said to them, Why have you not brought him? The officers answered, No one ever, no man ever spoke like this man. Then the Pharisees answered them, Are you also deceived? Have any of the rulers of the Pharisees believed in him? But this crowd that does not know the law is accursed. Nicodemus, he who came to Jesus by night, being one of them, said to them, Does our law judge a man before it hears him and knows what he is doing? They answered and said to him, Are you also from Galilee? Search and look, for no prophet has arisen out of Galilee. And everyone went to his own house. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. All right. Sometimes there's a conceit in the text, and of course in this one, um, is that Jesus was born in Bethlehem, and he is of the house and lineage of David, um, even though he has grown up in Galilee. Um, Of course, Jesus is uh, the Messiah for all people, not just for Jew, but for Gentile alike. Um, But he also, uh, the coming out of Galilee, um, Matthew, right? He says he shall be called a Nazarene or from Nazareth, right? Um, And there's other prophecies about Galilee if you think about that. All right. So who Jesus is, is really the bone of contention here. You also uh, have this lovely anecdote about Nicodemus, who we saw back in John chapter three with baptism. And now it does seem that Nicodemus is coming along, right? Uh, And then we won't hear from him again until Jesus dies. And he joins Joseph of, um, yeah, Joseph of Arimathea, another Pharisee, in burying Jesus, right? According to John. So we have this slow conversion of Nicodemus. It takes three three years, right? But he in the background. Beautiful. All right, our reading for catechesis is a continuation from Genesis 46. And as uh, Eileen noted, um, what did she say? The ancient RV. Yeah, these these carts are wagons from uh, from Pharaoh, right? Yeah, the wagons from Pharaoh. Uh, let's see. Oh, and I should acknowledge those of you. Gus and Eileen checked in. Uh, Mom checked in on Facebook. Karen as well. Uh, Michael is on YouTube. Uh, my Aunt Nancy is on Facebook, as well as Lori on Facebook and Chris. All right, so greetings to you all. Good to have you here. So Israel took his journey with all that he had and came to Beersheba and offered sacrifices to the God of his father, Isaac. Then God spoke to Israel in the visions of the night and said, Jacob, Jacob, and he said, here I am. So he said, I am God, the God of your father. Do not fear to go down to Egypt, for I will make of you a great nation there. I will go down with you to Egypt, and I will also surely bring you up again, and Joseph will put his hand on your eyes. Then Jacob arose from Beersheba, and the sons of Israel carried their father to Jacob, Father Jacob, their little ones and their wives, in the carts which Pharaoh had sent to carry him. So they took their livestock and their goods, which they had acquired in the land of Canaan, and went to Egypt, Jacob and all his descendants with him. His sons and his sons' sons, his daughters and his sons' daughters, and all his descendants, he brought with him to Egypt. Now these were the names of the children of Israel, Jacob and his sons who went to Egypt. Reuben was Jacob's firstborn. The sons of Reuben were Hanak, Palu, Hezron, and Carmi. The sons of Simeon were Jemuel, Jamin, Ohad, Jachin, Zohar, and Shal, the son of a Canaanite woman. The sons of Levi were Gershon, Kohath, and Merari. The sons of Judah were Er, Ur, 
Onan, Shelah, Perez, and Zerah, but Ur and Onan died in the land of Canaan. The sons of Perez were Hezron and Hamul. The sons of Issachar were Tola, Puva, Job, and Shimron. The sons of Zebulun were Sered, Elon, and Jalil. There's going to be a quiz afterwards, by the way. The sons, these were the sons of Leah, whom she bore to Jacob in Padan Aram with his daughter Dinah. All the persons, his sons and his daughters, were 33. The sons of Gad were Ziphian, Haggai, Shuni, Esben, Eri, Orodi, and Areli. The sons of Asher were Jimna, Eshua, Ishui, Berea, and Sarah, their sister. The sons of Beriah were Haber and Malkiel. These were the sons of Zilpah, whom Laban gave to Leah his daughter. These she bore to Jacob, 16 persons. The sons of Rachel, Jacob's wife, were Joseph and Benjamin. And to Joseph in the land of Egypt were born Manasseh and Ephraim, whom Asenath, the daughter of Potiphera, priest of On, bore to him. The sons of Benjamin were Bela, Becher, Ashbel, Gera, Naaman, Ehi, Rosh, Mupim, Hupim, and Ard. These were the sons of Rachel, who were born to Jacob, 14 persons in all. The son of Dan was Hushim. The sons of Naphtali were Jaziel, Guni, Jazer, and Shillam. These were the sons of Bilhah, whom Laban gave to Rachel, his daughter. And she bore these to Jacob, seven persons in all. All the persons who went with Jacob to Egypt, who came from his body, besides Jacob's son's wives, were sixty-six persons in all. And the sons of Joseph, who were born to him in Egypt, were six, were twenty, excuse me, two persons. All the persons of the house of Jacob who went to Egypt were seventy. All right. Uh, so there was a question, and I'm, I'm afraid I don't have the answer immediately at hand. Uh, how far from, uh, we'll say from Beersheba. Uh, to Goshen, right? We'll eventually get to Goshen, um, but it'll give us some idea. Okay, here's a map of the journeys. And all right, walking directions, uh, 336 miles. So it's a little bit less than that, probably. Um, Four days and 20 hours walking. And uh, it's a 21,400 foot climb. So you have to climb 21,000 feet along the way. What a walk. Four days and 20 hours. Probably a little less than that because we're going from Beersheba here to Cairo. And maybe they have to go farther south. So I don't think it's 803. I think it's, it's about half that, actually. Ah, so that's like, um, I'm trying to think what would be, be like going across the state of Wisconsin. There you go. Now we got some relative um, distance. All right, good. With that, uh, but before he leaves Canaan, he stops at the southern border at Beersheba, right, to offer sacrifices to God, the father of his, uh, to God of his father, Isaac, right? Um, and then God comes to Jacob in a vision by night. This is not the first time. You remember the, another time, famous time when God appeared to Jacob at night in a vision, in a dream. That was Jacob's ladder at Bethel. All right. Um, the message that God speaks to Jacob, is it law or is it gospel? All right. Um, law, shorthand for law would be what must I do, right? Uh, and then the shorthand for gospel is what has God done for me, right? So is this what Jacob must do for God or is this what God has done for Jacob? Is there a promise or is it obligation or duty? Uh-huh. Yeah, it's all promise, right? Look at verse three and four. I am God, the God of your father. Do not fear to go down to Egypt for I, he's the subject of the verbs, will make of you a great nation there. I, subject of the verb, will go down with you to Egypt, and I, again God, will also surely bring you up again. 
and Joseph will put his hand on his eyes, which is also a promise, right? So beautiful gospel promise. I will be with you. I will make you a great nation. I will bring you up again. Um, so good news, which is an important message. Um, extremely important, I think, to remember that what God is accomplishing in the midst of their distress when they're in Egypt, God is making them out to be a great nation even during their years of slavery there in Egypt. Again, he's using all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Or to quote Joseph later, uh, what you meant, or earlier, no, later, he's going to say this later, what you meant for evil, God meant for good. All right. So, uh, let's see. This is not actually the first time God has said this sort of promise. He actually made the same promise about going down with them and bringing them back again to Abraham 31 chapters ago. <laughs> what? Maybe you don't remember. So let's, I'm going to remind you. God makes the promise to Abraham, right? Do not be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. Right? Um, Eliezer of Damascus will be my heir. No, this one shall not be your heir, but the one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. You remember this. Count the stars if you're able to number them, so shall your descendants be. Right? I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to inherit it. Right? How shall I know? Uh, bring me an heir, a three-year-old heifer, a three-year-old female goat, a three-year-old ram, right? And they cut the sacrifices in two and they go through between the blood. Then listen to this part. Now, when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell on upon Abram. This is Genesis 15, 12. And behold, horror and great darkness fell upon him. Then he, God said to Abram, know certainly that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs and will serve them, and they will afflict them four hundred years. And also the nation whom they serve I will judge, and afterward they shall come out with great possessions. Now as for you, you shall go to your fathers in peace, you shall be buried at a good old age. But in the fourth generation, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, fourth, Joseph, they shall return here, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. And it came to pass when the sun went down and was was dark, and behold, there appeared a smoking oven and a burning torch that passed between the pieces, and then the promise. All right, so God had actually prophetically told Abraham of what is happening here, the 400 years in Egypt in slavery, in a land that they would end up serving those who live there, but then God would deliver them and judge their captors. All right, the covenant with Abraham. Um, so who went with Jacob to Egypt? Uh, everybody, right? All of Jacob's offspring. His sons, his grandsons, his daughters, and his granddaughters, right? All said, total, we don't have to go through all the names. There's some significance in some of them, but um, all total, 66 of those who went down to Egypt um, of Jacob, right? And then with Joseph's family, what was the total of the number of descendants of Israel? 70, because you have Joseph um, and then his wife, um, Asenath, along with their two sons. Right, so they're, they're, they're counted separately, but then they're brought in. Um, and I think, oh, what a beautiful picture, right? Uh, we also had it with the Canaanite woman earlier, but here, especially with the Egyptian uh, priestess' daughters, or sons, I should say, is the bringing in of the Gentiles. 70 in the New Testament. You might think of Luke chapter 10, where Jesus sends out the 70 uh, to preach the gospel of the kingdom. Yeah. So the gathering of all nations have already uh, foreshadowed there in Luke 10. And, but even here, back in Genesis 46, with the inclusion of um, this Egyptian and um, 
Joseph's sons by her. So there you go. Summary then. God directed Israel away from the land he had promised to him, but he proclaimed his promise in order that Israel's descendants might find hope in his word. This is always the way of faith. God had already warned Abraham that his descendants would be mistreated. Now Israel heard it was time to go to this mistreatment, and he feared for his family. But God comforted Jacob with his word of promise. The recounting of the descendants reminded Israel that God had been faithful to Abraham's descendants and multiplied them through various trials. God deals with all the faithful in the same way as he leads us into the way of the cross. In the dark shadow of the cross, there is no comfort except that which comes from the good news, that Christ will return us to the land he has won for us by his own passion, death, and resurrection. When everything else is gone, this word remains sure. All right, let's sing the hymn. Oh, 
Let us pray. O God, in the glorious transfiguration of your beloved Son, you confirm the mysteries of the faith by the testimony of Moses and Elijah. In the voice that came from the bright cloud, you wonderfully foreshowed our adoption by grace. Mercifully make us co-heirs with the King in his glory and bring us to the fullness of our inheritance in heaven. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Merciful Father, you promised us that if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. As I come before you for confession and absolution, teach me to consider my place in life according to the Ten Commandments. Work in me true contrition and repentance. Give me a desire to live a new life. Help me to know and confess my sin truthfully as I receive my Savior's forgiveness. Comfort my conscience, renew my life, strengthen my faith in him, restore to me the joy of your salvation. All this I ask for the sake of my dear Lord Jesus Christ, who died for me and shed his blood for me upon the cross for the forgiveness of my sins. Amen. We pray this day for faith, to live in the promises of holy baptism, for vocations and daily work, for the unemployed, for the salvation and well-being of our neighbors, for our schools, our homeschools, our colleges and seminaries, and for good government and peace. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. We pray this day in Thanksgiving with Donna, Brandon, and Charlie all celebrating their birthdays, with Doug and Jeremiah and Grant who celebrated their baptism yesterday. Pray for the households of our church, especially Matt and Vicki, Dick and Milda, Jim and Mardell, Christine, David, and Al. And pray for our Lutheran Day School and the gift of our teachers. Pray for the catechumens of our congregation. We pray for those ill receiving treatment or recovering, especially Marcella, Joe, Kelsey, who is hospitalized, Walt, Naomi, Christopher, Dan, Brad, Ron, Betty, Joan, who also is in rehab after being hospitalized, Cheryl, uh, who broke her hand, Pat, Merlin, Heidi, Dick, and Karen, uh, who is home but recovering. Pray for our homebound, Ed, Paul, and Pauline. Pray for the urban ministry of our church body. We pray for all our relatives, and we pray for our benefactors. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger. And I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Thanks for joining us today for our Congregation of Prayer. Come to you each morning at about 9 a.m. You can pray with us each each day to remain steadfast in God's Word and kept in the faith until He comes again. You can listen um, or watch yesterday's sermon, Bible class, or complete service if you prefer. Uh, the sermon and podcast are available also in podcast form, which is my preferred way to, you know, because faith comes by hearing, is to uh, put those on and listen uh, to sermons and Bible studies that way uh, as I go about the work. Maybe you can't give it complete attention, or maybe you're an auditory listener like me, um, and you can only do busy work while um, listening to anything. All right. Um, but regardless, many opportunities there. If you were there, um, 
you know, sometimes these things are, well, I think they, I, I actually do try to um, convey as, as much as possible in as little amount of time as possible. So that can be a little dense. And maybe you want to uh, see if there were some details that you missed. So you can go back and rewatch and re-listen that way too. Or right, as part of your daily devotion. So God be with you all. Keep you safe. And I hope to see you again in the morning. We thank you for listening to this podcast from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church Sermon Center in Random Lake, Wisconsin. If this podcast is of benefit to you, please consider supporting the work of St. John by visiting stjohnrandomlake.org, that's stjohnrandomlake.org, slash support, and give today.